Welcome, brothers and sisters, to part two of two, talking about slavery in the Bible. Thank you for joining us today. Learning to navigate truth in a world of opinions. Teacher, Jacob Leger, and your host, Pastor Daniel Wright. Heart of Worship Church Media presents Rightly Dividing. So as uh, Pastor Daniel stated earlier about Exodus 21, 16, that uh, you're not to steal men and you're not to forcibly sell them, right? Because if, if you are, uh, right. it's punishable by death. Um, that's a very good one to remember. But another one speaks against the harsh treatment of servants. That's Exodus 21, 20 states that if a man smites his servant or mm-hmm. his maid with a rod mm-hmm. and he dies under his hand, he shall surely be punished. Mm-hmm. So there's there's regulations here, right? Right. Um, and we got to remember, if there's regulations there, it was because surely man has fallen that some people messed up and did these things. So there right. had to be regulations to go. Going grow. back to the theological endorsement that those things were happening, right. and maybe even within Israel, sure. but that's not what God endorsed. Right. And you can see clearly God saying, be kind and nice yes. to them like right. they do what they're supposed to, right. but you're not to treat them harshly. Yes. We have a note here out of the um, Apologetic Study Bible that talks about Exodus 21, verses 20 and 21, and it states this. It says that the Bible does not condone slavery any more than it condones polygamy or divorce. Mm. Instead, it establishes humane limits for an existing evil system. The law of Moses laid the groundwork for the eventual demise of one of the most demeaning institutions in human society. Amen to that. And, and that's a very good point because you see polygamy in the Bible. That's right. not something God endorsed. Right. It's an evil system. No different than divorce. That's Even right. Jesus referred to that, that it's not something that God endorsed, right. but because of their ignorance or their hard-heartedness or yes. hard, whatever it was, but it was a rebuke against them. Right, right, definitely. Mm-hmm. We got a couple more before we really dive off into the New Testament. Oh, and if I can really yeah, quick, because I wanted for the record, this is something that, uh, that I, I thought of, and I, and I don't have it on my notes, but I want it to be said. They're already in slave trade, okay? Israelites, according to God, in the passage we just read, were able to buy them and keep them. And it was a preservation of normal society versus abhorrent society right. in that lifetime. Now, saying that, my dad, now, I'm just going to go there. Let's get personal. Some you know, might not even know this, but my dad uh, stepped up to the plate where, I'm just going to be honest, my oldest sister made some bad mistakes in her life. The state came in, took the kids. My dad, like in the example of the passage where God says that Israelites, you might purchase them, he stepped up to the plate and took my nephews in. Had he not, they would have remained in the, quote, slave trade of the foster foster care system, see? So no telling where they would have been, but they would have been in much better care with my dad than just letting them to the foster care system. Yeah, exactly. So if you see it in that light, and then even I had an opportunity to to help some of the younger ones, as my wife and I are doing right now. Right. So it's to keep it and preserve good, normal society than it would be for them to go and even be beaten or probably killed while they're a slave under, say, a Canaanite possession. Right, right, definitely. We're going to look at a few more here. we got uh, Deuteronomy 15, verses 12 through 18. not going to read them all. We're gonna, I'm going to jump around in there. This is specifically talking about uh, Hebrew men and women, that if they're sold to you, they're, they're only to serve six years, and in the seventh year, you are to let them go. 
Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's very different, right? But this is the thing. You weren't to send him away empty-handed. If me as a Hebrew, I go to Daniel and he's a Hebrew and I'm down on my luck, you know, wasn't very good with my money, lost my property and all this, whatever else. And I go to him, I was like, look, uh, I'm going to sell myself to you to uh, work off the debts that I owe and all these things. It would be better for me to do that than to end up in a jail somewhere, mm. you know, right? having to pay it off that away, which you probably, you wouldn't pay it off because you'd be stuck in a cell. <laughs> exactly. Because the jails back then weren't like they are today by any stretch of the, stretch of the imagination. No. So it says that he would, at the end of the six years, the master essentially would give him freely of his flock, his wine press, and all of his, uh, the blessings that God had given him to the, to the servant that's being released. And of course, God reminds them about being bondmen in Egypt, as I mentioned earlier. But this is another thing. If that slave, that servant loved his master and he didn't want to leave, he didn't have to. God, right. there's, they're instituted. Because they're with them every day. Right. And if they're treating them kindly, obviously, they're, they're going to bond. They're yeah. going to create a relationship. There's going to be exactly. a bond. Exactly. And it says that in that case that um, they were to put a, a type of an earring. It says an awe through the ear. And that he would be that with that master. It says a servant forever with that, with that master forever, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it says it may seem uh, hardened to you when you send him away freely. It says, but uh, for he, he would be worth more than a hired servant because you would be almost gaining a family member, essentially. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's that, that type of uh, relationship there. It's not so much slave master over slave thing, <laughs> right. right? It's, it's not right. the same. Uh, this is Ephesians 6, 5 through 8. And it says uh, for the servants, it says Paul... His letter to, the, to Ephesus, specifically talking to the servants there, he tells them to be obedient to their masters according to the flesh, fear, with fear and trembling, in singleness of heart unto Christ, not with eye service as man pleasers, but as servants to Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Right. So it's bringing balance there, right? It's right. don't focus on the physical. Right. You know, we need to focus, okay, I may be a servant in this case, but I'm I'm serving you, God. Right? Mm-hmm. Not I'm not so. Yeah, I'm serving that 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 man, but I'm not doing it. For, I'm not going to do it to get his praise. I'm going to do it like I'm serving you. Right, right. Right. Talking about the New Testament, uh, and this is a great illustration which you brought out out of Ephesians chapter six. Uh, last episode, I brought out a point uh, that was made in seminary that we're not saved because we're good. We're good because we're saved. Another really good thing that uh, needs to be brought out in understanding the relationship from the Old Testament to the New Testament is the saying that it goes like this. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and then the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Yes, that's very true. One of the greatest examples, all of us, if you've been saved for more than six months, you would have understood that the Passover lamb or the the Lamb of God, take it away the sin of the world, John the Baptist literally said, it's that guy, Jesus. It's him. He's pointing right at him. So in the Old Testament, you had the Passover lamb that was sacrificed. Well, guess what? Not only was Jesus the Passover lamb, he literally died on Passover. Right. So you see that as a great example, the relationship between the symbolism of the Old Testament and the revelation and revealing of the New Testament Right. in that. So talking about spiritual practices, simple and historical events in the New Testament that have spiritual applications, the word slavery used in the New Testament oftentimes would be symbolic of sin. Right. If you committed sin, you were a slave unto sin. If you read Romans 6, the whole thing is full of that. Servanthood. Uh, the Apostle Paul said many times in the introduction of his epistles, he said, uh, I'm a bond servant of Christ. Right. 
Okay, and the, being the servant or servanthood, the greatest in the kingdom is a servant of them all. That's right. Uh, is a sim- symbol, uh, excuse me, symbolic of humility, which would be a very good thing. That's right. So you're Absolutely. humbling yourself. And another thing to, to, to point out, before I go to Isaiah 61, I want to skip to this part of the notes. We're all servants to someone. Yes. We are all servants. So, so talking about, if you have an issue about, oh, there's slavery in the Bible, again, we're telling you that when it came to the institution of what was really considered Indentured servant. Thank you. Thank you. What would be more considered indentured servanthood uh, as practiced by the Israelites, regardless of how you feel about that, w- the Bible tells us that we're all servants to someone. That's right. Uh, so Romans 6.16, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, or you're a servant of obedience to God unto righteousness. That's right. So no matter what you think you are, you are a servant to someone, whether that's of sin or you're a servant of God unto righteousness. That's right. Now, the Bible says in Isaiah 61, 1, and also paralleled where Jesus quoted uh, this same passage out of Isaiah 61, but out of Luke four eighteen, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal to the brokenhearted, and here we go, to preach deliverance to the captives. Uh-huh. Now that's 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 right there. He, it's all about freeing them from it. God uses the injustices of the world as a means by which He can prove Himself. Yes, as as the as the restoration of it, the Redeemer, the Redeemer. Uh, I've always said this. I would had it not been for sickness, I would have not known a healer. That's right. Had it not been for my bondage, I would have not known my deliverer. That's right. Um, Christianity as a whole, regarding servanthood. I want to talk about that. The problem with our culture is this. I'm shifting gears, but we, we just need to go there. It's me, mine, self, self-serving, self-love, which is all selfishness. I almost want to say that again. Me, me, me. It's yeah, selfishness. It is. Uh, the, our society today is taught so strongly that the problem is that you don't love yourself enough. Actually, this might sound controversial and you <laughs> say what you want, but I'm going to tell you the problem is selfishness that we, we don't need self love. We need Jesus love. That's right. We need to prefer God over ourselves. That's right. Uh, Philippians three, five through eight says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God thought it not property to be equal to God, but made himself of no reputation. This is God talking about. We're talking about God who made himself of no reputation and took upon him. Let's say together the a form, form of, of a, a servant. servant right there. Jesus took himself upon himself the form of his servant. He had no problems and qualms in going into that uh, to serve others. Right. You know, he even said, I've not come to be ministered unto, but I've come to minister, which that's, right. that's the King James, but other verse uh, translations uses the word servant or slave. Right. Uh, Matthew 20, uh, 28. Uh, just as the Son of God came not to serve, but to serve and give his life ransom for many. What I just quoted right, right. there. So that was Matthew 20, 28. He washed his disciples' feet. Yes. Uh, he said in Matthew 23, the, the greatest in the kingdom is the servant of them all, or whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. Yes. Romans 12.10, I know I'm kind of going quick, but be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love, and here we go, in honor preferring one another. The whole principle of Christianity is the opposite of what society teaches, That's which it. is self, me, 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 me. Christianity and from the Bible teaches in this example, our relationship, whatever I do in my life, I want it to be in preference to my brother-in-law, Jacob. Right. And in like manner, God is telling him to prefer me over him. 
So if we feed each other, then no one starves. That's right. We serve one another. Exactly. And just to kind of put a nail on the coffin, even in the New Testament, specifically slave trading was condemned. According to 1 Timothy 1, 8 through 10, know you not the law is good, but if a man use it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient. It specifically lists all of these bad things and specifically a phrase says for men stealers. In that passage, right. the law was made for lawless and disobedient. Specifically, what what Timothy, what Paul is telling Timothy, uh, the lawless and disobedient is also men stealers. It is hard to justify our modern understanding of slavery right. with a theological endorsement of God, just because it's written historically in the Scripture. Right. When God specifically says, "A, you deserve the punishment of death if you if you kidnap and sell someone." Right. Oh, and by the way, okay, if you if you buy someone that is in the slave trade, you have to treat them kindly. You have to treat them the way you would want to be treated. Uh, they will, uh, depending on the circumstance of right. who, would they even go free? Depending right. on what, uh, right. some may not. But and it was it was specific too of them voluntary coming to you saying, "Hey." I'm in bad times. I need to sell myself to you. I've got to, I've got so I can pay off my stuff. Right. You know, it was, yeah. it wasn't me going, I'm in over my head yeah. and I need your help. Exactly. And I'm choosing to do this. Yes. Yes. And then of all things, when let free, they could choose to, to stay or if they were leaving, then they would be up to the master to be sure that they give the, the servant or slave more than what they had when they first yes. arrived. It says, give them liberally in the verse. Liberally. Exactly. Right. So, that's that's amazing how if we just look at it for what it is and study to show thyself approved unto God, rightly dividing the word of the truth. That's right. And we got it. So remember, brothers and sisters, the word of God will stand forever. Isaiah 40, verse 8 and 1 Peter one twenty five. We thank you for joining us on this episode. Uh, well, shall we say two episodes? We're going to uh, part one and part two. Uh, if you're on YouTube, like, share, and subscribe. Click that bell for notifications. Or if you're following us on a podcast, please Follow us. <laughs> if you have any questions or topic suggestions, comment below or email us at info at heartofworshipchurch.com. Uh, join us on our next episode as we cover the topic of suicide. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one, and this is going to be a, a touchy subject, but we really want to see uh, if, what the Bible says about that. So we're going to be talking about suicide on the next topic as we navigate truth in a world of opinions. This has been Daniel Wright and Jacob Leger, workmen that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Have a great week, everyone. See you later, guys. Thank you for joining us this episode. For more information on our ministry or to contact us, please visit heartofworshipchurch.com.